0: First of all, our foundational identity. We said we have to know that the very foundation of our identity is number one, we're the righteousness of God, which means that we are in right standing with God, that we're good, we have access. And number two, that we're children, sons and daughters, okay? We're children of God, which also tells us and speaks to us about the kind of identity He wants with us, which is a close, intimate, relationship with us you know i was telling you how you know i don't like it when my kids call me father sometimes they do that just to bug me you know i'm like no i'm dad i'm dad okay and when they really want something you know how they what they call me daddy hey daddy i'm like what you want you know and so it almost never never happens but um so god wants a close identity with us not just we're good in good standing, like he's not the IRS, he wants us close. He wants us to access him, okay? He wants us to come in boldly into the throne of grace, okay, and spend time with him. And it is through spending time with him and learning to walk with God that we develop and we discover all the layers of our identity, which is more of a role-based uh, type of thing, right? Roles are different than identity. You know, I have a role as as a husband, as a pastor, as a friend, There's all these things, but I don't draw uh, value, significance, and worth out of that. I draw my value and significance out of being a son of God uh, and a being of the righteousness of God, okay? Because that's the thing that will never change. If that's my foundation, that will never change, okay? And so we talked about that. We talked about how... um, uh, we're not orphans anymore, and we're not slaves. And I gave you guys a couple clues. How many of you have been able to catch yourself speaking orphan or slave this week? Okay, don't raise your hand. That's fine. Okay, some honest people, you know, vulnerable people. You know, vulnerability is a big thing here for us. And so, um, that's right. You know, when, when you're complaining, you're acting like a slave, like a victim. And when you're, um, when you're feeling jealous and you can't celebrate others... Then you're feeling, you're, you're acting like an orphan, right? And there's just some of the things that we need to uh, catch, and then when we catch them, we take him captive. We say, no, 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 I am secure in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God. We're in good standing. If God blessed him, it's because he has plenty to bless me too, so I don't have to feel jealous. I can celebrate them. Amen? Um, and so we talked about that part of identity, and today I want to talk about the importance of receiving identity and giving identity, you know? And uh, Jesus is our prime example on this. Um, God tells us he wants to be our father. So we need to receive that identity from him. Um, 2 Corinthians 6.18 says, I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. God is telling you, this is the kind of relationship I want. I want you to receive that spirit of adoption. I want you to receive from me and really believe me. He's like, really, 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 I want you to believe me. That I want to be your father. You know who didn't believe him? And uh, it was the Israelites. When they went in the desert, you know, God said, hey, I will be your God, you know, and you will be my people. He told them, I I want us to be this. You won't need a king. But they didn't believe him. And then later on, they went to ask for kings. And they're like, we want a king. We want a king. We want a king. And then, you know, God's like, okay, but I'm telling you, like, it's not the best for you. And then they had judges and they had kings and, and they had trouble. Okay. And so God is saying, I... I want to be your father, and I want you to have that relationship with me, because we can be children but still act like orphans, right? When we receive Jesus in our heart, we become the children of God, but we can also continue to act like orphans and miss out on all the benefits and the blessing and the privileges of being a son. You know, in the clear example of this, you can go read. We don't have time for this one today, but it's in Luke 15. In Luke 15, you have a son. You have two sons, and they have a father. And this father is a representation of the Heavenly Father. And one of the kids says, hey, show me the money. I'm leaving, you know. And he gets his inheritance. He leaves town, and, and he's gone, and he, he's doing all kinds of bad things, right? And so he wastes everything. And it says that later on, he came to his senses when he was at the lowest of lowest. He came back to his senses and he goes, Ha, I should be a servant at my father's house. Servants are doing better than I'm doing right now. And so he was a son. But he left. He created a gap. He created distance between him and his heavenly father. And so he started living the life of an orphan. Are you with me? The father didn't create that gap. The father didn't reject them. The father didn't say, Ha, that's your punishment. You know, stay there. No, it was until he decided, I'm coming back to my father, that he closed the orphan gap that he had created among them. And so many believers live with an orphan gap. Different sizes of orphan gap, and it shows up in prosperity, it shows up in finances, it shows up in, you know, jealousy, it shows up on all kinds of issues, and it is up to us to close the gap because it's the, it's the son when he realized there was better stuff at his father's house that he got up, he came back to his senses, he came back to the father, and the father was what? He was ready with the arms wide open saying, welcome home. Uh, it's up to us to close the orphan gap. I think I shared with you guys, uh, I went and did a, a financial sozo uh, last year and just wanted to make sure, you know, if there was anything in my heart. And, and and I shared that it wasn't like, oh my gosh, this huge gap between me and Father God. No, but it was a couple little things. There was There was a little bit of a gap. And the Father doesn't want any gaps. He wants us daily at the throne of grace saying, Father, what do you have today? What are we going to do today? How are we going to conquer the world today? How are we going to impact people today? What are we going to do today? And this is what he showed me. He said, you and I, we're a power duo, father-son, you know? And he gave me that picture, and we closed the gap. And so many people have a gap, different sizes of gap, between them and the father. And that gap is where the spirit of orphanhood lives Uh, Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17. Actually, I'm going to start in verse 16. This is Jesus getting baptized, right? Remember, he got baptized, then he went to the desert for 40 days, and then he started his ministry, okay? So he goes in, in, uh, in chapter 3, verse 16, says, After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. And settling on him. Verse 17 says. And a voice from heaven said. This is my dearly loved son. Who brings me great joy. Do you remember we just. I just read a few minutes ago. How in um, in, in Galatians. It, it tells us. In Ephesians. It tells us Ephesians 1.5. That, that he adopted us. He calls us his sons. His children. And it brings him great joy. We bring him great joy. Amen. And so. Right here, we see the same thing happen with Jesus. And this is what's so amazing about this. It says, The voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. And I want to point out to you, Jesus had not started his ministry yet. He hadn't done anything. He hadn't done any miracles. He hadn't gone to the cross. He hadn't done anything. And the Father already says, You please me. You bring me great joy. You know, that's how God is with you. Sometimes we, you know, we we forget that we were saved by grace and we keep falling back into this, you know, mentality of works and performance. And when we do that, we're just we're trying to make him happy, we're trying to please him, and we can't. Because it's never about that. You please them just because you're you. You bring him great joy just because you show up. That's it. It's easier. Than we think. And so Jesus gets baptized, and there is one thing here that Jesus did, is that he obeyed. He got baptized by obedience. And so he obeyed and he pleased God. He says, You are my dearly beloved son. And so there's uh, four things here. Could somebody turn on the AC, please? There's four things here. Um, Thank you, James that he gets uh, from his father, okay? And the first one is affirmation. He, he recognizes him. He affirms him. We need to, number one, receive aff- affirmation from him. But number two, it's our job to give affirmation to our sons and daughters, okay? Say with me, affirmation, okay? And it doesn't depend on them doing or performing. It just depends. They're your kids. That's it. They're, they're the spiritual sons and daughters God has put around you. That's it. He, he was affirmed. He says, this is, this is, you are. Then he says, dearly beloved, you know, speaks of affection. Affection from the Father. So, you know what uh, what is amazing when you get affirmation and affection from your Father is that you don't need it from anybody else. It's awesome to get affirmation from other people, right? Maybe your uh, your love language is words of affirmation. You know, that's great. But we're not supposed to depend on that one. What do I mean by that? It's a we need to get our affirmation from the Father, or we're going to end up being people pleasers. Sorry. If I don't get my affirmation from my Father, who affirms me just by showing up, then I'm going to be looking at people to get affirmation. And so I will become a people pleaser in order to get my affirmation met. Affection, dearly beloved, dearly beloved, my loved son. It says, no need. Uh, When Jesus went uh, right after this, he went into the desert. Right? And he goes into the desert, and after 40 days, the devil comes, and he what? He tempts him. He's like, he... like a snake, you know, comes up. He's like, hey, if you are the Son of God, then do this. Right? Well, there's a temptation, because he's questioning his identity. But Jesus had just been affirmed by his Father without having to do anything. said, this is my dearly loved Son, in whom I am well pleased. He comes here. Stupid snake comes up. He's like, hey, if you are the son," He's like, shut up. I am, and I don't need to prove anything to you. Imagine how nice it is to feel that way. Somebody comes, you know, peer pressure, challenges you. Like, shut up. I don't need to prove anything to you. My heavenly father says, I pleased him just because I woke up this morning. Is this hard for anybody? You know, if we're used to pleasing people, you know, it's kind of hard because you go, oh, you know, I want them to like me. That's good. You know, you don't want people to dislike you. But the problem is when that becomes your source of affirmation, because then you become addicted to it and you need it. But the father says, I want to be your father and I want you to be my child because I am the only one that can fully, fully give you affirmation and affection, so that you don't need it from anyone. Great if you get it, but if you don't, you're still good. You know, this set Jesus up for his ministry because, you know, Jesus got persecuted. He got rejected by his own people. Some like him, some didn't like him. Some people were just like, I don't know. They had like personality disorder or something. One day they liked him and another day they're crucifying him. It's like, where did the people that love them go? Like, where did the multitude, multitudes go? Where did the 5,000 go? Where did they, all these people go and now all of them are chanting, crucify him? Like, where's everyone? What's going on? Would you be a little confused? Wouldn't you be a little like, my life is a roller coaster? One day they like me, one day they don't? It almost sounds like pastoring. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> For other pastors, I never feel like that. (laughs) Um, And so he got affirmation. He got affection. Um, When we don't get affection from the Father, we, um, we will have a need to look for affection and sometimes unhealthy or perverted affection elsewhere. You know? (sighs) Oh, <sighs> okay. I'm going to say this. Yeah. Cause I got affirmation from my father. So <laughs> sometimes, and I'm not saying this is just for girls. It could be for boys too, but sometimes when girls don't get affirmation from their father, uh, I'm sorry, affection from their father is when they, you know, go with this need for a boyfriend, because they are looking for the aff- uh, the affection that they haven't received from a father figure. That is a need, you know. All children need affection, you know. And, and so, I, actually, it's, it's, it's both equally, you know, male and female. It's just, we probably tend to see it more, you know, on, on female. And so, don't look at me like that, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying this because I, I love you, you know. And because many times this, this is what happens, you know, people and children or teenagers go looking for affection elsewhere because they haven't received it healthy from, from mom and dad. So then, you know, they're, they're trying to get it elsewhere. Amen. And some, you know, and they'll compromise yeah. because there's a great need for this. Right. We all need this affection. We need this affection from our father. That's why we also need healthy spiritual fathers in the church. Yeah. We need titles with elders and apostles and okay. pastors and all that stuff. It's like God's creating a family. We need a family. We need spiritual fathers and mothers, you know, that are willing to love on people. That's it, you know. All right. And so, affirmation, affection, identity, you know, he said, This is my dearly loved, and then what? Son. He identified him as his son, his own, of his family. And it's the same thing the father does to us. So we need to receive his Affirmation, receive his affection, and receive his identity. That's the identity that matters the most. And the identity that matters the most to you is the one you're going to hang the most value on. And and many times, how, how do you hear people identify themselves? Job. Their job, right? Their titles. Or sometimes they go, oh, yeah, I am so-and-so's friend. And so-and-so, you know, is probably somebody very important, you know? I am this artist or this Politician or this very rich person's friend? Why would anybody identify themselves as something like that? It's because they consider that person to be so important that they're drawing some value into them by saying, "I have close proximity with this person." Yeah. yeah. And so what happens is, you know, the only one we're supposed to draw that from is God. And that's why He identifies as His Son. So we need to receive that identity. And say, "Yes, I am His Son. Yeah, I'm, uh, you're my Father." He identifies me like that. That's my identity. It says, who brings me great joy. So we get affirmation, affection, identity. We get favor and we get approval from him. Favor and approval from him. You know, again, if you have someone who is very important and you identify yourself as their friend or or something like that, you know, you think there's some benefits, there's some favor. We have the favor of the Lord because He's our Father. <clears throat> then Jesus went to the desert to be tempted. And why did He succeed? Because He did not need anybody else's approval, affirmation. He knew who He was. He had His identity in place. He didn't need the, favors, uh, the devil's favor. Right? Favor's like, I will give you all of this. He's like... I have the favor of God, my Heavenly Father. Hmm. And then what did Jesus do the rest of his ministry? Um, When we have received our identity, then we can also give identity. Because Jesus was a father figure to the disciples. Right? And he gives us this example for us. And this is a key example that Jesus did and said what he saw and heard the Father do. So he spent time with God every day, right? He would go up, you know, go away. He would separate himself from from the disciples and he would go spend time with him. You know, it says in uh, uh, John chapter 12, verse 49 it says, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me to say and how to say it. He has commanded me what to say and how to say it. John 14:24 says anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me and remember my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. John 14:10 it says do you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. John sixteen thirteen says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you, that's us, what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Even in, in John chapter 2, verse 5, Mary says the same thing to his disciples. Like, hey, whatever Jesus has to do, you do that. You know, so Jesus lived this example that, um, for us, that he only did what he saw the Father do, and he only said what he saw the Father, he only said what he heard the Father say. And he acted on that. And that's our example that how close God wants to be with us. Some people only see God a few times a year. There's a gap. Some people only pray when they're in trouble. There's a gap. And the kind of relationship that Jesus is telling us the Father wants with us is one that daily walks with him, talks with him, and is led by him because that's where the you know we wonder how did Jesus impact the world in only 3 years and there's people that have been in the world for so long and they haven't made anywhere near the impact that he has it's because he daily just did and said what he heard and saw his father do see we cannot be good fathers if we stop being sons and and this is a hard part because a lot of people you know, unintentionally stop being sons. And some of the very, very young age. You know, some of you maybe grew up without a father or a father left a, at a young age and, and maybe you had to step up and, and become the dad of the home. And you had to become the responsible one very early in life. And what that does is that automatically tells us, you know, you're no longer a son, you're, you're just a father. You know, I, I never thought about it till probably 10 years ago that. Oh, you know, when I become a dad, then I stop being a son. And and God showed me, he's like, no, 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 no. You can never stop being a son. I said, look at Jesus. Jesus never stopped being a son. He was an adult. And he always went to his father. What do we do now? What do we do now? What do you want me to say now? What do you want me to say? It's not a control thing. It's a partnership thing. You understand? He's in heaven. You are on earth. You're working together to bring heaven on earth. And so we cannot be good fathers if we stop being sons. And some people need to reconnect their sonship to Father God in order to be able to be good fathers again. It's the same thing with moms. This is not an exclusive message, you know. You're going to be the best mom when you're connected as a daughter to him. And so this morning I want to pray um, that you would receive the spirit of adoption, that you would receive the identity from the Father, that you would receive from Him so in order that you can give also identity to those around you, to your children. We all want our children to be in a better place than we ever have, even if you're in a great place. We always want increase and we want them to go forward. Can I get someone to play the keys? Thank you. And so what we, what we need to make sure, see, it's not, it's not a difficult thing. It's not a difficult thing. It's a, it, it's, a, it's a family thing. While you remain a child, you'll be able to be a great parent. But when you cut yourself off from the source, then you, you're on your own. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's not that you don't have what it takes on your own. You understand that? It's not that you don't have what it takes on your own. It's that he wants to do it with us. He wants to do this together. And if that's how he did it with Jesus, who was also God, who are we to say, well, Jesus needed a relationship with the Father, but I'm good. No, of course not. If Jesus needed to go to his father every day, we need to go to our father every day. I can't be a good dad if I'm not connected to him. So I need to remain a son in order to be a good dad. Are you with me? It's interesting because when the the orphan spirit is active in someone's life they could be surrounded by amazing fathers saying hey what do you need and still act and be orphans but when someone is a son at heart they will draw fathers and they'll be connected with fathers regardless of what it is we've seen it so many times it's like hey everybody around you loves you wants to help you no it's not enough the heart of the orphan spirit. There's not enough. There's not enough for all of us. Woe me.